OGs. I'm joined by the group who started this podcast together. I'm talking about Ubi, I'm talking about Judah. Ray, you came this season, so yeah. <laughs> but how are you guys doing, bro? How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right myself. <laughs> so much silence uh, all of a sudden. I'm doing all right myself, and it's good p- to be back. It's been like, I don't know, 20 episodes or something. <laughs> yeah. so, it's good yeah, to have yeah. you. Thanks, and Judah, how have you been? Ray Ray has been missing for a while as well. I know he had work and everything, so it's good to have you guys. I'm excited. So this is the month I was supposed to just be missing and come back next month, but things have switched around, so I'm free this month, and then next month, maybe I might not be available. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Chelsea will be in the semifinals by then. So we'll see. We'll miss your analysis. Yeah, but Judah, man, you disappeared. You and Ubi disappeared, actually, especially you, Judah. Disappeared. No, we didn't. I've, I've just like been busy with with work as well and all. So yeah. So yeah, but, yeah so this is good to, for to be back. Yeah. I mean, I've been keeping in touch with all the episodes though. So yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers, bro. Thank you for that. It's good to be back. Um, it's good to be back with Chelsea as well. Three points in the bag. I don't know how do you guys feel. For me, it feels weird. I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> So like, I'm curious to go into the details and stuff. Like, how is Potter doing? I mean, he looked good today, right? Like, it looked like no. Um, how do I explain it? So, in terms of the setup, because they set up in the back three, we set up in the back three, and it was a lot of one v ones. Um, in terms of like the build up, it was better because we slowed down, but. Really, the forwards were clicking. Uh, the midfield was okay, but really, I think it was more of the forwards clicking than it was him just having a tactical masterclass, which is fine. I don't really care. Would you say the players are gelling? The front liners, I think, Habits, um, Habits, Felix, and and um, Enzo have a, a very good understanding of each other. Yeah, Mudrick yeah. came back, and he's trying to get into that, but that's really it. Uh, I, I noticed that as well. Ubi, how about you, man? What can you say? Would you say Potter has adapted? I know we haven't gotten your points for a very long time. You're on Judah. I know Rate. Rate is really on the fence. I don't think he's on the fence anymore. But for me, I was Potter out. But what can you say about Potter so far, Ubi? I mean, this game specifically. Yeah, well, I mean, I was Potter out for a while, to be honest. And I, I thought that he didn't have the personality nor the tactics to, you know, steer Chelsea forward. But I think the last couple of games, he's been better. Like, it doesn't mean I'm Potter in, but I'm, like, willing to step back and kind of watch, see what happens. Uh, I think the the reason of his recent success is basically the players coming together with the fans, and, of course, the fans, especially in the stadium, cheering up Chelsea for Chelsea for the players and some of them for the manager. So mm-hmm. this is why he's been better. And I think uh, he realized that back three is the best way to go forward for the whole team. I mean, it's not a coincidence. Most of the games that we won with him, whether the last few or even back when we beat AC Milan and stuff, he was actually in back three. It's not a coincidence he realized that, hey, it's a good recipe. Same with Tuchel before him. So yeah, everything happens for a reason. But I think I would rather give him a bit of time but I still think he's not the right man to, you know, move forward for like the next five years speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fair point. But like I said, this win, 
this win against Leicester and especially the win against Dortmund consolidated his his um his uh his job more or less. But yeah, um, Judah. Not, yeah, not okay. really because uh, things things could easily still go south for him, you know, because if you look at the um like lineup of games that we have after the international break. Bro, like there are no easy games after the international break. So like it all depends on if they can, you know, carry on the momentum or not. Like I mean to say I can still see, you know, the season going downward again with because I've not fully just trusted him as a as a coach yet. So but I wouldn't say like the win over Dortmund and um, you know the win today and all that has has consolidated him like as the coach and all. So yeah, like I said, it it all depends on on um, what what the hierarchy wants to do or like what what they see going forward. So yeah, and and uh, I'm also of the opinion that um, people that are saying that um, what's it called? That the board won't sack him and this and that. I just believe if they are not seeing enough progress, bro, it's going to go one way or the other. Either before the end of the season or at the end of the season when they can like properly, you know, get a proper manager to, you know, like um have the what's it called? Um what they call it, the training, the um the preseason, yeah. So like the preseason training and all that with the players. But I, I don't know, but let's let's see, let's see. I mean, for the sake of Chelsea, because I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan first, I hope, like, they can keep up this form and, like, we can still go on to do big turns this season. So, yeah. Uh, when it comes to um, Graham Potter, I think Dortmund, you saw his tactics. Uh, Leeds, you saw his tactics. And I think I understand what he's trying to do. And it just doesn't really align with how I would like to play because... He basically wants to sacrifice some possession to get as fast into the final third as he can. So that's why we're playing this. Because um, if you look at our possession stats, they're not good. Especially this game, I think it was like 42% possession. But, but, but uh, right, this is how he has always played. Like even from Brighton, like his Brighton days, they were always like a direct team. Like So, I mean, it's that that's not new to me. Like it shouldn't be new to anyone because like that's his, that's his old... Um, idea of of like taxes of the way to go basically so yeah but yeah i mean because because when we when he played a bright maybe it's because because they had ballers at brighton in terms of like just technical ability all over the pitch uh so maybe the possession looked better then and now we have a team and they also had like um a team that was drilled so it looked better and probably the possession stats are better but exactly in terms of that when it comes to like the counter, because that we're basically countering teams, especially uh, Leicester, which is we're just absorbing pressure, we're man marking, and then we're just kind of countering them, and that's how we're, we're you know doing our thing recently. I would not like to do that long term because when you go against these big teams, they will expose you, and you don't want to do that. Um, today, I think he tried that and it didn't work as well because this is a, a team that came at us with a three-five-two, so it was just one v one. Some we won, some we didn't. That's why the game looked pretty even all throughout the entire time. Um, but one thing that I will say is it continues to prove what I say about Kai Havertz time and time again. You put him behind someone, the person who's leading the line, and he will look good. 
his his creation has been just this, this is why I always defend this guy because cool he's not a goal scorer but the tight like the creativity in him and let's be honest he's been more creative than Felix people don't want to say it, but he's been more creative than Felix um Mudrick today we beat the 007 allegation if you're a <laughs> Manchester United fan hold that and fuck you and you can keep Sancho as your 007 because it's not going to be us um also um Koulibaly because uh of games he's been in Paris um Fafana, we know what he's made of. Enzo, being one of our best players again, normal stuff. Kovacic is looking good recently. Um, Connie got minutes. Um, Enzo, Felix, and Kai seem to really understand each other, and I think those are the positives. Uh, yeah. When we go against uh, Everton, I don't know what to expect because they peppered Brentford today. So I don't know how they're going to come at us. Ironically, I believe our easiest game is going to be Liverpool because of all the space they give. And if we, if we, if if Sterling is back and Mudrick is back, um, it's going to be peak for them. Uh, that's what I'm curious to get Ubi's perspective before we speak about like the incidents in the game. Ubi hit a rate, rate was like you know Enzo and Kai Havertz are striking up a good relationship. I don't want to talk too much, but. And I don't want to talk too much about that second goal, but it was amazing. But what can you say about the relationship before we start talking about the incidents that happened in the game? I mean, I don't know about the relationship, but the link-up play in between these players is really good. Like, Enzo Fernandez came to the team and he looks like as if he's been playing for Chelsea for the last, I don't know, three, four years plus. Honestly, he really slotted in that midfield role really nicely, whether it's a DM or the box-to-box or number 10. I mean, he hasn't played for us for number 10, but, you know, he really goes forward a lot. And I think to unlock his potential, he needs another DM, but that's a, a different topic for a different day. Yeah. But I think the link-up play between these two players and in between Enzo and the attackers in general is really good, has been really, really fluid. He has this lofted outside the box type of crossing and I really love because it kind of uh, tricks the uh, defenders of the opposition they they, ju- they just don't see it coming it's actually identical assist to Joao Felix's first goal I think against West Ham if you remember when he curled the cross to Joao Felix and then he just you know scored similar similar way to Guy Havertz with this kind of chip first time Bruh. chip it was really Bruh. fantastic yeah, now, um, Judah, 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 you know, you've been criticizing Kaiwas for the lack of finishing, but I mean, uh, this past week, you, look, I always told you that Kaiwas is the second part of the season player. That's what I said. <laughs> I remember we having the arguments, you know, when you were saying he was going to lead the line for us this season from the from the beginning of the season. I always told you, like, Kaiwas leading the line from the beginning of the season was never going to work because. He, it takes time to like get in his groove and you know like start but but the thing about him is that once he gets going hard and that's when you start seeing the you know the proper bowler that he is um, i never doubted that he's a bowler but consistency is what is just letting him down a lot you know like to to keep up that form and you know show its consistency throughout 38 games of the season or like um 50 games or something, if you count other competitions at all. That's where, you know, he has to improve on and that's where he has to work on, basically. No doubt that he's a talented player. I mean, we can all see it. We have seen it for the past two or three games now. So, 
So, but for him to keep up that um, level of performance, that's what that's the, like the next step he needs to take in his career. And he has unfortunately we've not like really seen him do that in three years or how many years has he been in, in Chelsea now? So yeah, is it? I mean, I, I have no I have no um, um, issues uh, like problem with him, but I just feel like he should be doing more because I know he can do more, but. Well, yeah, it is what it is, man. <laughs> yeah, he's not finished though. But okay, one more yeah, thing. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly, and like, I, 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 yeah, okay. Another thing to add, I feel like um, Porter is actually using him the right way because it's like, like you just said, he's not a finisher. So like, Porter is actually using him the right way, where you know he drops deep and you know actually drags defenders away, and you know they they don't know who to pick up, you know, when they are defending our front three right now. So, like, I feel like, you know, Potter is actually has, has a better understanding of how Kai operates and is actually using him well. But the only thing is that if you're playing someone like Kai to do that kind of thing, you need people like Sterling who will run, run behind and also, like, we just say a poacher, a finisher that can score goals. Yeah. And, like, and he tried to, like, replicate that today with, um, what's his name, Motric. Yeah, but... Um, I, it didn't really, it didn't really work out well, you know the way, the way. But it takes time, you know. Probably maybe if he if he plays that role one or two more games or something, then yeah, he will understand it. And I feel like this, like um, Ray said, the way that you set them up today and against Dortmund, it will work perfectly well against Liverpool, where you have probably Sterling and maybe even Modric, maybe Sterling and Modric or whoever he plays. You know, running off their defenders and Carvers literally dropping deep and um, dropping deep and creating spaces. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's a good player though, no doubt. But yeah, we'll see. Do you know, do you know also what why it would work even more? Because if we let's say we play like a three four two one, uh, three four one two. Uh, so like let's say you have um Felix and um uh, Sterling up front. In the inside forward role, which I think is their two best role, and you finally have Kaya in the ten, and he's dropping deep, and then you have Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the overlap, and their midfield is horrendous, and you have Enzo dictating the pace in it, and let's say Conte is back, oh my, it's gonna listen, it's gonna be, it's gonna be peak for them. Now, obviously, the only way we lose to Liverpool is if like we lose concentration, but. I'm more afraid of playing a low block like Everton than I am of, of Liverpool. A lot of the players we have, they thrive in space. And Liverpool gets a lot of space. Look, I'm with you. You know, like, that's why I was actually surprised today, like, with um, Leicester, that they didn't play more of a deep block against us. Like, they didn't really sit deep against us if you actually deep it. Like, they actually allowed us, you know, space and all that. So, but when you play it in like Everton, bro... They won't give it. They won't like. They will leave you to play with the ball up front, but like they will be compact and deep, you know. So like that's where I fear this three, three, four, three, or three, five, two, or whatever you want to call this formation. You know, <laughs> we might start seeing shades of 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 um to Charles days again, but we wait to see. Though. I want to say something for bringing Ubi. Um, you said you know, for me, I feel like too cool. First played Kai Havertz in the center forward role, so he laid out the blueprints for everybody to see. Really, like, because Kai Havertz wasn't really like a ten person, but once he played that center forward role, when we're arguing about who's better between Lukaku or Kai Havertz, 
we could see that Tuchel used Kahaos in a certain way. So I, I don't blame Porter for playing him. I may, I mean, you could argue who's who's playing much better. Either he was, either Kahaos was playing better in Tuchel's days or playing better now. I know Ubi, he, bro, he brought up that stat last time. He said Kahaos is the highest goal scorer under Porter. And fair yeah, point, you know. Leave, but <laughs> I also want to say this. Before bringing Ubi, have you guys noticed Kahaos is like a leader in the squad? I mean, again, after the Dortmund game, I was a bit surprised. He was defending Porter and the presser and saying some things that you expect the leader to say. So I was a bit surprised about that. They all come out to defend Porter, isn't it? It's not just Kahaos. Like, players like Luis James and the rest of them, you know, they've come out to defend Potter. So, but, yeah, I mean... Uh, I guess it's the way Kahaos said it, uh, really. Yeah. yeah, for me, sure, but... Uh, what can you say about today's game? Let's start with the first goal. Um, Kulibali does a little trick. And... True, I remember. First of all, what a cross. Like, it was really, really high. Like, it was up there, you know, in terms of, like, uh, like the height of the cross, you know what I mean? It was really unusual. At least on TV, it appeared to be. I don't know in reality, but what a finish from Chilwell it was a calm finish um the goalkeeper I think it was Ward if I'm not mistaken he did not even expect that shot off of Chilwell it was an amazing goal uh I think uh, the fact that he celebrated is a good thing because I don't know if he did it on purpose since if you noticed um Leicester's spectators were booing Wesley Fofana every time he has a touch on the ball now there have been both of them, both Chiwell and Fofana, both of them. Uh, both of them, exactly. Well, okay, fair enough. So I'm actually glad he celebrated just to kind of shush them because it just shows a lot of immaturity. Just get over yourself. We bought your defender. Uh, we welcome you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think it's the way Fofana left. I suppose Chiwell. I think it's the way Fofana left. Chiwell left in good terms, I think, anyway. Fofana. I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, both of them. But Project this team though, <laughs> they still, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's football, yeah. you know, so generally, that's, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> so, Jujuda, what can you say about the equalizer? Oh, you can talk about the two goals. Well, we, can, we can go on and on and talk about things. So, Fernandez, bro, that guy is world class. Like, I don't care what anybody wants to tell me, like, he's literally world class. Bro, yeah. where that guy, you know, he, he literally does everything. He tackles, he, like, he marks, he, bro, like, just name one thing that guy cannot do, man. And, and I'm sure very soon his goal is coming because we all know, like, he has the team to score goals from long range as well. So I'm sure very, very soon, you know, once you, he has... You know freedom, the most underrated forward. part of his game? Because one thing he doesn't have to do is... Because a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of people who are playing DM, they have to do last-hit tackles and stuff like that. Because of the way he closes up the space and he defends so well, he doesn't have to do all that extra stuff in running back. Like, the way he closes down players, it helps It helps our entire back line so much, and it's underrated. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. he's not that fast, so occasionally he's going to get caught out of position, and that's when people are going to highlight it. But the way he defends, like, basically, he's what a midfielder should be. Great passing yeah. range, vision, um, Closes down the space so he doesn't have to do last hit tackles. Um, also, uh, what else? He, has, he can do anything in midfield. You know, like, the way he oh, builds he up the play, like everything. everything. Yeah, everything, man. Like everything. Uh, the guy is just so good, man. Like, I mean, how of him, man. Like, <laughs> so what can we say about, um, what can we say about the Leicester City equalizer? 
How come he died like dog? Screaming, man. Uh, oh, it's on Felix, by the way. He lost the boy. He shouldn't have done all that. And he lost but the ball. It comes down to individual brilliance from Dakar. I mean, the way he shot the ball from outside the box without even thinking about it. That's wow. just individual wow. brilliance. Wow. Uh, guys, guys uh, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that Kepa should have done better there, guys. But... Yeah, actually, when you say outside the box... Um, actually, I didn't know he scored from outside the box. But Judah, yeah, it's outside the box. Yeah, it was outside the box because it's you like know, it's right on the edge. Shot. To be fair, yeah, but like it was, it was like a long shot, and a a a taller keeper with more area reach is going to get to that ball. Whether you, whether you like it or not, it's just fact. A taller keeper, you know, we get to that ball. So I I don't. I just feel like people that are saying Kepa is like, can be like the long-term number one. And I mean, today's game just literally showcased it. And if, while we're still on the case of Kepa, if you can remember, he actually like dropped the ball twice from trying to claim, claim the ball from a cross in today's game. And two of those times could have literally cost us the game, you know? <laughs> so he kind you of got right? in this game. Bro, if that was any other team, bro, If that, that's the problem like we have, right? We want basically someone who can claim cross like Mendy, but we also want somebody who can play with his feet like Kepa. And that's the weakest part of the game. If that was Mendy, oh, he's claiming that. We're not going to have to waste time. Exactly. Thinking, he's claiming yeah. that cross. Exactly. So, but, you know, the, the first, I think the first one, or was it the second one that he tried to parry it, you know, then he parried it to the, to the Leicester player. And the, I, I don't know, it's just like, today his deficiency is really showed. So let's just put it that way. And and yeah, so yeah, so but the the goal like you asked, um, yeah, like um, Reid said, Felix was the one that that you know um, misplaced the ball, but it also boils down to the keeper having to be better as well. So I would put the blame on both of them. So yeah. All right. Um, I want to say this before we go to Reid. Regards keeper, right? You just have to in big games he performs, but in smaller games it's a bit shaky. I can agree, but also he didn't. You guys didn't really praise him. I'm not. I'm not just fine what he did or what he didn't do. I'm just saying like we didn't really praise him much in the Dortmund. Dortmund. I think he had a good game against Leeds and Dortmund as well. So in a way, he's allowed to have a shaky game. But I agree with you guys. Ultimately, we should our keeper. Our keeper should be reliable on any day. You know. So I get that. But right, um, yeah, and like teams can easily target him, bro. That's what I'm saying. Teams can easily target him. So and that's never a good thing. Sorry, yeah. The long shot thing is a is a problem because like <laughs> look at that free kick, Madison. If that was on target, I think um any keeper would be struggling, but Kepa particularly would be struggling. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but right, um, what can you say about our our second goal, Kai Howard's goal? What can you say? Um <laughs> I thought it was offsides. Um, when I seen it, I was like, "He kicked out there." You know when they put goal in and they add the win, I'm like, "They're gonna roll it back." And then the flag stayed down. I'm like, "Oh shit, we scored, we scored, we scored the second goal." Um, but Enzo, so like, you know how um, when you're trying to pass the ball in like a short distance, right? Getting that type of like long ball curve. And like, cause literally, it just came to Kai's foot, and he flicked it over the keeper. Now people don't understand how difficult it is for you to just hit the ball with enough pace to where it are it doesn't arc too high. Cause if it arcs way too high, by the time it comes down, the keeper's gonna claim it. And 
basically not only was it positioned perfectly to to arc with the, the the correct pace, but it was hitting the correct spot. So once it hit Kai's feet, he'll be able to just hit it with with the any literally any semblance of ability. He can just score against the key, like stuff like that. Is that type of technique is difficult? Like I can't explain. It's like physics, bro. Like it, it it's crazy how good the, the the pass was and the finish by Kai too. Even that. You saw it even with Felix when he tried to chip the keeper too. It didn't work. It just hit the bar. For Kai to also finish it that way, that's a fantastic goal. Like a lot of the pundits were raving about it because they understand how difficult it is to. Now me, I can't shoot. That's why I play in defense. That's why when I see like the ability that Kai has and the ability that Enzo has, it's like damn. What these guys are doing, some people may not rate it because they don't understand how difficult it is to get that type of perfection on the ball to score that. But it was. That's the goal, personally. It didn't look like it didn't look that crazy, but it was a fantastic goal. I, I thought it was a cl- I thought it was a nice goal. I mean, I mean, if you guys listen to Ray on Twitter, he he asked a question during the week. He was like, "Oh, who is that player you don't really like? That you don't really like? Um, you don't you just look at them and you just hate them." For me, it's that da- I didn't realize I actually didn't like Daniel Amati because, like, what's he trying to <laughs> injure? I have a I have a celebrate his goal. Like, what's wrong with this Daniel Amati guy? <laughs> He's gone in respect. Been sent off. Oh yeah, now nah, still though he's so annoying. He plays like a general. He used to be a, def- a DM and now he's a centre back. He's so aggressive. I don't like him. He's so annoying. And he has an annoying. Talk about Pereira as well. He should have been sent off from minute yeah, one. Pereira as well. Yeah, Pereira. I mean, we're gonna come to the red card. You know. Okay. Um, Judah, would you like to talk to us about the third goal? I didn't see it. So. Yeah, the third goal was another um, Enzo Brilliance, man. <laughs> That's why I literally, you know, it was r- raving about him. The guy is just world class, man. Like, it was like another link up between him and Kai Evans that literally created the goal, you know? So, like, it was like another lofted pass from midfield to Avans on the run. And, yeah, it just a simple, not, not really a square ball. I think it was like a kind of half cross or something to Modric and then Modric just like added it back towards um uh, what's his name now? Uh Kovacic. Yeah Kovacic. Yeah, yeah so uh, just... and oh, and yeah. we else noticed that like Kovacic is always always like he only loves scoring <laughs> scoring like wonder goals man like that guy never scores <laughs> a normal like top or, or like simple goal like that guy's always scoring <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's a really good goal, man. Yes. Yeah, so oh, by the way, do you know the funny thing? So Enzo right now only needs three more assists to match Jorginho's all-time assist tally. I'm just gonna step away. From it. Um, can we leave it? Can we? Can we? Can we leave this? But fair point, fair enough. No, no, um, no okay. Jorginho yet, please. No, exactly. Yeah. Oh no, I like Jorginho, but I just had to say that because he's on offside right now. So. You know. <laughs> First, first. All right, I'm curious to ask this before we talk about something else. Um, Ubi, um, Ubi, what do you guys think about the lineup? Uh, well, I thought it makes sense. Sorry, you're asking me or? No, I'm asking two of you. I'm asking you and Ray. But Ubi, you could go first yeah. because of the Tottenham lineup. I know we meant to ask earlier, but yeah. okay. Well, um, yeah, as I said before, the um, back three makes sense. Now, I'm not going to get into the tactical side of things, but I think playing Modric centrally wasn't the best idea. The only good thing he's, he's done is that the offside goal, the one Ruben Loftus-Cheek uh, put it to, I think, Joao yeah. Felix. Yeah. That layoff to um, Loftus-Cheek was good, 
But other than that, he had a poor game. And yeah, sure, he had an assist to, to Kovacic's goal. But in my opinion, he had um, like the worst game. Because I think it doesn't suit him. He's not a false nine or a ten. He's like a winger. You know, like it doesn't work like that. At least in my humble opinion, I think he like the lineup was good apart from Mudrik. Maybe Havertz should have been uh, number nine, but I think he was on the wing for his work rates. I mean, he always comes back on defense, uh, helps out the midfield and defense in defending against the opposition. His work rate is amazing, Kai Havertz. But Modric is not as much. Maybe that's why he wasn't on the wing. And actually it worked because I think we uh, kind of shut down all of the dangers from the left side of Leicester. I mean, if you think about it, Castagne, even Madison and Fass, the I think his Belgium, the one that got the red card, all of them had awful games, actually. Like Madison, the Luis. Exactly. The the younger David Luiz, you can say that. So you know, I think the formation was good. Was good enough for the game, you know. Yeah. All right. Um, Ray, what can you say? Because for me, I'm just gonna say like Potter, because you know we've been playing the back four, and now he has switched to back three. So in a way, it doesn't. It's kind of like Ziyech problem. Ziyech is a great player, but (laughs) the system doesn't suit. No, he's not. We'll finish (laughs) your point. <laughs> so perhaps Modric has really like Potter has really found Modric's thingy for him. And also Judah, you, you know Judah, um Ubi has been uh, uh an advocate for a flare winger. Now we have a flare winger, a flare winger. I feel bad. <laughs> well, Listen, great. when it comes to back three, uh, utilizing him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it comes to the back three, um I initially thought that we were gonna do uh three, four, three. Um, uh, Mudrik, either Felix or Kai up front because the way he was talking, he's like, yeah, I clearly want to use Kai in a deeper role. So I was like, okay, you know, we're missing Raheem Sterling, so we might see a two-man attack of uh, Mudrik and Felix, and he ended up putting Mudrik in uh, the central position. Um, what really, I think I understood why he did it. Um, it's one of those experimental things that sounds good, like it can work on paper. Like, for example, right, you know the Mudrik is, uh, like, he's very pacey. Now, he has technique, um, but he's a very pacey guy. So what you probably want to do is you want Mudrik to run in behind, because let's have a terrible, terribly structured defense. So you want him to run in behind the defense and get the ball. And a couple of times he almost did. Um, That's what I was about to say. There were times I actually, you know, like running behind, but nobody just looked up to to pick to pick his run up. But yeah, go ahead. Um, so that's why he did it. But what kind of I'm happy that he did is when um he took he took somebody off and then we made it a back four and then Muduk instantly went to the left wing. So it just tells me that this is like a tactical thing he's trying to do to get in behind their defense, whether it's to draw a defender away or whether it's to maybe create a chance by having Mudrick as an option and beating people with his pace. Because um, initially what he tried to do is tell Mudrick to make runs in behind. That didn't work. So Mudrick came in, and then he would do a layoff in the middle and then run in behind. And that remember that goal that was written off? That's how we got the goal. Now, obviously, stuff like that, it's unfortunate that we didn't score from that. But let's say there's another time where Mudrick can time his run better and he gets the 1v1. I can I know that Mudrick 1v1 versus Keeper, he's burying it. No disrespect to Kai Havertz, 
If you're a woman, you're not scoring that. No disrespect. Um, so I understand why he did it. I'm happy that I saw Mudrick on the left wing um, at the end of the game. Question is, are we going to go back to the back three, uh, back four, back three when we play Everton? It might make more sense to go to a back three because they're just going to sit in a low block anyway. Um, but if we play back three again, I think these guys have an understanding of each other to do what they need to do because their games where our buildup was terrible in the back uh, back four. This game, it seems like they're way more comfortable playing with each other and with the personnel that's on. Reese James comes in there, starts inverting in midfield. Um, Cucurella instead of Chilwell, if we play the back four, that's that seems to be what he's going to do, um, and that'll suit us better. Yeah, I mean, I I, I mean on paper, I know Cucurella is a better left back than Chilwell, but yes. Yeah, but come on, man. Chiro's undroppable at this point. He his form has been has been identified. I identified his form. I think against Leeds or before then, actually. So you know, I don't think he's droppable right now. You know, but I mean, yeah. that, that's why I disagree with a lot of people. I think with Chilwell, um, I think he is a heavy liability defensively. Um, also, um, I think there are a couple of there are a couple of things he does that I don't like. In possession, and this is the this is the good and, and and bad of Chilwell. He likes to take a lot of risks, but the problem is because of that he loses the ball a lot. And if you unlike like for example, if Kukurel were to lose the ball, I know Kukurel is going to recover and make it difficult to you to even find a passing option, or he's going to take the ball back. Right, Chilwell, when you lose the ball, you can't defend, and especially in the back four where there's a bunch of space for these guys to exploit, and we don't have the type of midfield that has. The defensive is better than it was last year because Enzo is better defensively. And then you have Kovacic, they can balance each other out than last year, but it's still not enough to take on those transitions. So Cucurella as a slash wide LCB slash um, left back option is where you want to go. And I think that's why I, in terms of what I saw at the end of the game, I like it because I think he's using the players in positions and in roles that's going to maximize the potential of the team and the buildup also looked really good. So yeah, I would rather have if we're playing three back back three, put Chilwell in any time. If we're playing the back four, it has to be Kukure in my opinion. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see what Porter decides to go with. Um Judah, can you tell us the moment of yep. the match, a man of the match? Um so but so just at the back three or back four, I believe like this is it is going to just like stick with the back three. And uh, probably like maybe in game, depending on how the game is going, like we saw today, it will probably change to a back four. And that's how it's going to be to at least the end of the season, where he can now like, uh, because people say he can't coach a back four and stuff like that. I don't know how you become a professional coach and you won't know how to like <laughs> coach a back four because that is literally like the, the basic startup formation, isn't it? <laughs> so, so, but. But yeah, I, I feel like for this season at least, he's just going to stick with the back three and then we go from there next season. So um yeah, moment of the of the match. <sighs> um okay, yeah, moment of the match has to be um the what's what's his name? Um, what's what's that name again? Ricardo or what's his name? The the left Ricardo left back. Yeah, yeah, where the tackle that he, he did on Felix, and you know, where VR didn't even like bother to check, like, there was not even like a VR check or whatever. Like, I mean, that's that's just that's just um, it's disgraceful, like, to think of, like, 
the levels that the officiating in the Premier League has crossed into, man. So, yeah, I would say, like, that's, that's the... Because it was early on, and it was, like, it's meant to be a straight red, in my opinion. And, yeah, the fact that it wasn't even checked this is, yeah, that, that should be the moment of the match for me because that could have just, like, easily submitted our win today. So, yeah. Fair point. Um, Ubi, how about you? Moment of the match and man of the match. Um, well, moment of the match for me has to be Kovacic's goal because he did this mid-air taekwondo kick. It's really cool. It actually gave me some flashbacks to his goal against Liverpool, I think last season, if I'm not mistaken, from outside the box, if you remember. Yeah. It's kind of the same I technique. I can have forget. I haven't seen Kovacic's goal today, though. But yeah, I'll, I'll you you have to see it, man. I, even the assist from, from Mudrik was nice. He, he did, like, hit the ball with his head, kind of, uh, you know, lofted the ball, and then he had enough time to, you know, go mid-air and do the taekwondo kick and score a goal. And uh, man of the match, also I'm going to give it to Kovacic. Not because he was the best on the field. No, he wasn't. But in my opinion, I've seen him slot into, uh, um, like, left centre-back, I think. Uh, obviously, he's a midfielder. Even he was attacking in the last goal. He was everywhere today. He kind of reminded me of Kante when he was fit, when he used to go from attack to, to defence. I'm talking about Sari ball Kante, not pre pre Sari Kante, you know. Not the DM Kante, but the CM, rather. So that's why I'm going to give it to Kovacic. He's really underrated. He was the captain for several games now. Um, he's doing a great job, I think. Uh, if he stays injury-free, I think maybe Chelsea could give him another contract for like another year or two. He's not even that old, in my opinion. He has plenty of experience in the Champions League, especially especially if we take top four or hopefully win the Champions League this season. So next season, he can help us uh, in our road to glory. Who knows? But yeah, it has to be Kovacic for me. Ubi, is this Kovacic? You're, you're saying give Kovacic a new contract, yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do. I say, I hope they give him one. I don't know if they will give him. I unfortunately don't work for... I'm not an insider or anything, but it's just my wish. He he does deserve it. Like It's true he has his moments, and sometimes he dribbles too much on the ball, which causes cause us a lot of problems. But like overall, his game, his experience is worth having him for at least another year. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? He doesn't perform and he goes to the bench. I mean, that's not even... That's nothing in comparison to what we had with the likes of Drinkwater, Bakayoko, and you know many other flops at Chelsea. I don't think he's even close to being uh, in comparison to these players. Even when he doesn't perform, he's not even close to Bakayoko and such. So yeah, that's him. Um, I'll say this uh, just a little, little insider information for you guys. Um, they would offer Kovacic a contract, but they're also not going to stand in his way if he wants to leave, unlike Kante, because they want to keep Kante. Um, Kovacic is thinking about possibly leaving, um, but he, he hasn't made a decision. So if it comes to the end of the season and he wants to stay, they want to keep him as a more senior person at the club because they're going to let go of... Um, Ruben loves to cheek. Um, for one of those, Gallagher's either going to go on loan or he's going to be sold, so you're not going to see him next year. So one of those two is going to happen. Um, so with Kovacic, he can go either way. There's nothing concrete, but uh, yeah. You're getting... Fair enough. 
All right, Duray, how about you? I'm moving to the match and man of the match. Judah, um, I didn't my network broke. Who was your man of the match? Yeah, I didn't I didn't mention the man of the match. Um so yeah, ma- yeah, man of the match has to be uh, Yeah, it has to be Enzo for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well. I can't lie, it's gonna get boring, man. Because if we just give it, because yeah, if we just yeah, look at it, like what Endo does, it's like having like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's Endo again. Oh, yeah, he's showing his quality again. Oh, yeah, it's boring. It's like Holland scoring a goal every week. Oh, yeah, we know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good boring, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a good yeah. boring because he actually is like, there's certain, like, no disrespect. Actually, this is what all do disrespect to Holland. Holland is boring to watch. Now, Enzo Fernandez, I can watch him pass a long ball anytime, do the little leg flicks he does all the time. That's that's interesting to watch. But moment of the match, um, I'll be honest because I didn't really get too gassed watching the game. I was excited, but I feel like and like a feeling I haven't had in a long time where we have control of a game, even when we're playing bad. You know what I'm saying? That's what you want to feel because today we didn't play well. Um our setup was actually pretty decent, but I think um, we played in moments type thing where, like, you could kind of see the early signs of portable, um, which is just getting up the pitch as fast as possible, a lot of pace and power, a lot of technique, um, and that's kind of what got us through the game. So, in a way, I can say that, like, tactically we weren't set up amazing, but I can also say that the system even though we weren't playing well, still kept them in a place where they could show like what their qualities were. So it's a weird, it's the weirdest thing ever. Um, moment of the match. Um, there are things that, uh, I want to say the Kai Havertz kick, um, when Amati dashed his chest, I was like, okay, if you're not going to give him, cause I didn't think it was a red. People said it's a red. That wasn't a red. Ricardo Pereira's was a red because they sent off Felix for the same thing. Um, but he should have gotten a yellow. Pereira got a yellow. Um, Amati didn't get anything. People said it was unfortunate. Um, man, the match. I'll go different. I'll say Kai Habits because I think um, one, I, I need to give something different than Judith because let's be honest, we all know Enzo Fernandez has been our best player for like the last five or six games. So, you know, we need some variety. Um, but I think um, Kai Havertz, what he done is like I keep saying, play Kyrus in a deeper role, whether it's a 9.54 position, a 10, you will see the best of him. What he was doing in terms of his covering, he won the ball a couple of times. Him and other players combined to, to win the ball a couple of times. Um, he closed down passing lanes, which is very important. Um, but when it comes back to Enzo Fernandez, I mean, this guy is worth every bit of the $120 million. I don't care what, what the, the rival is saying. He's getting his GA. He's doing the defensive work. He's, he's, he's spreading the field. He's doing everything in that midfield. He's like a one-man midfield. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy because even though we didn't play well, um, when we do click, it's going to be scary for everybody else. So, true, true. Yeah, stuff. <clears throat> Speaking of scary for everyone else, what do, you, what do you guys think about top four and Champions League? What do you guys, what was your prediction? Um, I'll, I'll start if you guys don't mind. Um, well, I think, I mean, realistically, we're not going to make top four unless like Spurs and I think it's Man United and those start to flop so badly and we literally lose, I mean, not lose, sorry, <laughs> win game after game. 
with not only like one nil lead, but like we need there's the goal difference thingy actually that sets us apart with a lot of teams. We need to win at least by two, maybe three, even ideally four goals, which is I guess a bit unrealistic. I don't think we're gonna make top four. I don't even think we're gonna make Europa League. Maybe the Conference League, which wouldn't be a bad idea because that league is a former league and Chelsea haven't won that league yet. So I would love to have it in the cabinet. Why not, man? Why not? We'd be the first team in London to have all the major no, European cups. No, 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 no. Why? Because it's like, it's not our level. But I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's Potter's level, but it's not Chelsea's level. I hear he what said you're saying. Potter's level. Yeah. I mean, if he stays our co- coach, he's going to be our level. I mean, I don't know what to say, man. Yeah. Have to, he, he, for me, I think we should. The least we should be doing is making Europa League this season, in my opinion. I don't you know? think Europa League is better or any better than Conference League. They're equally as shit, man. Let's be real. We're <laughs> just listen, listen. When we go to Slagir Prague, we're slapping people six 0 Listen, it's gonna feel good. It's you. You know. Exactly. You know when you're playing like a video game, and you you know you can play on legendary, but you put it all the way to normal just so you can violate the whole game. I, I'm yeah. okay with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but honestly. Top four. Um, right now we are tenth with twenty six games played. Tottenham are fourth with uh with forty eight points. With a game in hand, let's say we win our game in hand, we're eight points behind. Now, numerically, let's be honest, there's 12, 12 games left, and Spurs only have eleven. Um, and knowing Spurs, it's very possible for them to bottle top four. Uh, Newcastle have fallen off. The most likely team to win it is to, to, to replace Spurs is Liverpool, but even them, they've reset back to factory seven. So I don't even know what to expect because let's say like Liverpool draw and then when we play them we win. Then now at that point we have a five point let's say let's say for the sake of argument, because they have two games, we have two more games. Liverpool draw their forty three points. We win our next two games, which include Liverpool, we're at forty three points, and then we are six. So it's very easy to just get into Europa League spots. Um, the one issue is, can we be consistent? Um, I think defensively we'll be fine, but what we need to do is find a way to get goals. Um, that Leicester keeper is not good, let's be honest. Um, he's, he's very bad. He's probably the worst keeper in the league. Yeah, he, he's the worst keeper in the league, in my opinion. Um, so it doesn't really tell me much. But um, So when you're going up against, like, Everton and and you know what's this guy's name? Uh, Alisson. the guy. No, the keeper was the keeper. Oh, you mean Everton's keeper Pickford? Yeah, yeah. You guys know and the, oh, the, the, the yeah. Yeah. You have to mention. You know, Pickford is always like a beast against Chelsea, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, something, something else against Chelsea. Yeah, Judah, right? I'm right. I'm actually surprised you rate you rate uh, Pickford actually. I, I don't rate I mean, him. I just know that the man turns super saiyan when he plays Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah, I don't rate him. He turns up against Chelsea. Generally, most of them anyway. But, but yeah, we can make top, top six. I think it's very on the card. I think we can win a lot of our games uh, and surprise people. Um, so I'm not writing it off. We can even make top four if people just, you know, if, if, if Liverpool and, and Spurs, you know, shit the bed enough. So it's possible. 
Yeah, I doubt we'll see. I think Liverpool make top four and Chelsea make Europa League. No, no, I don't think Chelsea. I hope we do. I'm not making a prediction, but I know Liverpool will find a way because Klopp and all that. Okay, um, Jude, how about you? Um, do you think we'll win Champions League? And what do you think about top four? Because I'm curious. You know, I think. <laughs> yeah, did. Um, uh, I don't believe he does, but um, I believe that the players can win it for him. So I don't mm. know if you understand what I just said, but yeah, basically the players can win it for him, just the same way the players won it for Di Matteo in um, 2012. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, he said just the way the con- players won for Di Matteo. Funny. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, for the league, I believe I, I bro, we have so many tough games to play. We still have to play Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Man City, bro. Do you see us picking up like three points for each from those games, or do you see us like even drawing, for example, to Man City or somebody else? I, I don't. I, I really don't. I really don't see it as at this moment in time. So I don't know why people are. <laughs> uh, um, giving themselves hope of, of top, even top six, because with the games that we should have won, for example, against the Southampton, the West Ham, and the likes, you know, we already dropped points there. So, why uh, what's, what's giving you the belief that you will now be able to big, beat the bigger teams when you get to play them, you know? <laughs> so, what's, what's, where's the confidence coming from? So I, but, I, guess, but, yeah. I guess it's that Dortmund victory yeah so. yeah that's that yeah i get it like people are hyped about the the results so far but yeah we just have to be like realistic and all i i did the highest i believe that they will be able to get to six spots and even that is like a stretch to be sincere <laughs> because that that will depend on other clubs other clubs flopping i don't know if that's how i mean so so yeah no, look, yeah. look who's ahead of us, right? Newcastle is going to come down. Brighton yeah, the Champions League. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the Champions League, um, never say never, you know? And I believe it will, it will mainly, like, depend on, on the um, parts that we get. Like, you, I think the, the parts to the final is coming next week, isn't it? So, like, it depends on what clubs that, you know, we are likely to face on the road to the final. That's what we depend on. Whether I feel confident or not, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. I have a feeling, I have a feeling we're gonna get Bayern, but we'll react to that when day comes. I feel like we're yeah, we're we'll gonna get Bayern. We'll beat Bayern, man. We'll beat Bayern. I don't rate them, by the way. We'll beat Bayern. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't rate them. I don't rate them. Yeah, we should be. Nah, bro, we should be able to beat Bayern. No, we should be able to beat Bayern. Yeah, we didn't really. We'll be really like speaker Bayern. Um, go around and call it a day. Um, I mean, as you guys said in the beginning of the of the episode, that uh, the only concern about Everton, they might sit in a low block, but I think we have the technical abilities in our players to find the space. Whether to, I mean, running behind is not going to happen because you know low block and all that. But maybe individual brilliance from Mudrik, maybe even Joao Felix. Even Havertz, you know, uh, perhaps a set piece. I don't know, but I think we can. We should be able to beat them. I think if we score the first goal, they're gonna try to come back, which yeah. opens up space. So I think yeah. it's gonna be like a three-nil win. I think I'm trying to be optimistic here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
before we speak, before we go, can we talk about is is Mace, is the team playing better without Macy Mount? Right? What do you think? Great, Judah. What do you guys think? <laughs> I'll let you go first, man. Oh, I don't know where that narrative has come from, though. But, bro, yeah, think about it, man. I've heard yeah. people, you know, saying, you know, like, <laughs> Mount hasn't been in the team for three games and all of a sudden they weren't winning. But, nah, nah, nah. Football, football doesn't work that way. Nah, mm-hmm. I don't it's not, it's not. It's not the reason why. The, the reason why we've been winning games is because um, Potter decides to change something. And fortunately for him, the changes is what has helped him so far. So yeah, it's not it's got nothing to do with Mount, bro. Well, who knows? Maybe Mount will even be playing better when he's playing the three at the back that he's used to, you know, over the years. What? So fair point, fair point. But what position would he play and who would he bench? Because we Yeah, um, like as as one of the front three, or you could use him as a hybrid three five two, you know, or something. I mean, he's played in a back. And the back three formation with with um Tuka for like yeah so and we we know how Tuka use them. But who would he bench? That's the question. Who would he bench? Yeah, yeah, but that that's like I said, that's just the only thing. It's just that we've got better players now, unfortunately for him. So <laughs> yeah. Today, so all right. Let's see. Let's see where he thinks. Like for me, I think it's best he leaves. But uh, you, you know, best he leaves. Yeah, nah, I don't know why you guys are saying it's okay for months to go to Liverpool, man. Bro, that would be like a very big mistake, in my opinion, man. Another Mo Salah situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't read Mo Salah like that, so that would be up to the Mo Salah situation, but but like, I still believe he's going to come back and answer us. But yeah, like, I don't think he's gonna come back. Let me not say it. I think he will. Um, I think he may some out suits what Klopp is trying to do more than he suits us, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think that the reason he really worked under Tuchel and the system he worked really under Tuchel was was because, again, we pressed like a German team. Everything we kind of did suited his whole hard-working, goal-scoring, um, positionally aware type of inside forward that he was, even though he was a midfielder, he really was. He keeps saying he's an eight, but really what he is is like a weird, it's kind of high hybrid where he's like a weird inside forward attacking midfielder hybrid. And that's what Mason Mount really is. Um, And if you send that to Klopp, again, he's going to be chomped. Like he's going to be watering at the bits because while we don't appreciate him, the way he would fit Klopp like a glove, it is going to surprise people. And sometimes it's okay because... You know, like certain players that we have, they just fit other managers and other systems better, and that's okay to say. Um, I think it would be a good thing to keep Mason Mount, um, but it's one of those things where if he were to get sold, you know, I'm not gonna like lose any sleep over it. Um, but he is right. Um, Judah is definitely right. He is a player that would suit um, Klopp to a T, and. If we do send him over there, he's gonna do bits. So I agree, but I don't think he suits this present team right now. Perhaps it's recency bias, I suppose. But we'll find out. Ubi, what do you think? Before call it a day, do you think we're playing better without Mount? Uh, it's arguable, honestly, because when Mount was playing, of course, we are losing, and obviously, it's not like because of Mason Mount we lost these games. Are we playing better now? Yeah, we are. 
But is he the problem? There's only one way to find out. He has to come back to the team and perform. If he's making somehow the transition be- uh, worse or better, then I would judge later. But I think, uh, as I was trying to say, that Mason Mount would be better in a in a system where they use three midfielders because he's not really a box to box. Like his defensive work rate is okay, but it's not like uh, Enzo Fernandez, for example, you know. And he's not a DM, obviously. And he's not even a number 10 either, yeah, nor a winger or a right wing back. <laughs> he's like a weird right forward. Are you, are you describing Yeah, he's an attacking mid. Yeah, he's an attacking. He, he's basically like a, he's right, like a, a right attacking mid. Yeah, he's like, a, um, I guess, um, I don't know what's the word in, in football, like maybe attacking oriented midfielder, maybe. So yeah, like a cam kind of, or like a ram, like a right attacking midfielder. But you know, he doesn't suit the system. He, sorry. No, I was saying it's a defensive attacking midfielder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody made that joke, man. That What's was so that? funny on the spaces. Somebody said Mason is is the first defensive attacking midfielder that's ever been. <laughs> that's ever Bro. been. No, I mean, Bro, that, that was funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we, we just need to wait and see what what Porto does. Actually, exactly. I'm curious. I'm curious to know what formation he'll play in the next round, and I'm curious to know who will get in next in Champions League, like next stage and stuff. Yeah, uh, since we're there, we should ask who is everybody actually afraid of. The only team I'm afraid of is Napoli, and everybody else I think we can beat. I'm afraid of Bayern. Really? They're meaty. I'm afraid of Real Madrid, bro. Yeah, the Heritage. It's, it's that's, that's, that's the only team I'm, I'm afraid of, bro. To be sincerely, yeah. Are you talking about the way they're playing, or are you afraid of the heritage? I just need to know because I'm not afraid of the heritage. Yeah, no, everything about them, bro. Like they don't need to play well to win games, and they've they've proved that over like the years and and like the past two years or three years or something now, bro. So, like I said, that's just you know they are the old aura around them basically. So. <laughs> That's that's why they are the only team, you know. I can say that yes, I'm afraid of meeting, but the other teams I believe if we bring our A game, we're capable of beating them, bro. And Napoli included. Bro, bro, before before we played um Dortmund, they were is it not eleven games or how many games? They they hadn't lost any game since yeah, they were undefeated since since the since, since since the international break, the World Cup, since like after the World Cup. So, I mean, <laughs> people make it seem like because Napoli are doing so well, you know, in Italy means that yeah, and like another European club can't humble them or something. If anybody, no, it's because they don't. It's because they don't play like. I think one of the reasons is they don't play like a. They don't play like an Italian side. That's why they're so scary. Um, um. That's why I'm afraid of them more than I am everybody else because, in my opinion, everyone else is just smoking mirrors, and they, you know. So, Real Madrid is, is the heritage thing, but I don't think that all of that Benzema stuff is going to happen ever again. That's why I'm not really. It's not happening again. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think I'm afraid as a Chelsea fan from any team because I'm not saying we're better than a- anyone, but we have this thing about Chelsea with the Champions League nights. Uh, we have the history. We've won it twice already within the last decade. Uh, I mean, we beat Madrid. Sure, we, they were with Zidane, but even with Tuchel. Remember, it was like a 3-0 until they scored in the last few minutes of the game and, you know, the rest is history. But, like, I don't think there's any team 
that scare me since Dortmund. And as long as we play the same way and with the same unity as we did with Dortmund, believe me, we can win it. But we yeah, need but consistency. It was the Stamford Bridge atmosphere that helps. I mean, don't get me wrong, we played great. Don't get me wrong. We played yeah, great. I mean, exactly. This is what I'm saying. Whether Stamford Bridge or away, we would still play amazingly if we we were to clone the same way we played with Dortmund with some adjustments in tactics according to what team comes up against us. Obviously, it's not a copy-paste kind of tactic. But, you know, per- personally, as me, as a Chelsea fan, I don't think I, I, I'd be afraid of any team. In In fact, I would say give me the most difficult team in the quarterfinal so that the semi and the final would be a bit easier. That's how I view it. Like, give me the, the hard task first so that the easier ones or the mild ones would be next. No, maybe I should change my verbiage because, like, when I say I'm afraid, um, I have seen Napoli, but every time I see them, I, I, their manager is just, he's a top, he's a top, top manager. So that guy's tactics are just flexible. They change. Like, the way he used the players in a role, they change. Like, so it's like, I'm afraid that whatever they're going to bring if they face us is going to be different each and every time. So I don't know what to expect. If I'm facing Real Madrid, I know it's inshallah and vibes with them. Like, it's just pray and just hope, hope, hope the Bernabeu guys just help us win the game. If I'm, if I'm playing Bayern, I just know it's, it's going to be a bunch of chance creation with no finishing. Um, if we face Benfica, they're just a good team. Um, with Enzo, they're not really all that. Um, if we face Inter, that's a bum team. If we no, face AC Milan, Lotaro is a bum too. He's a he's a bum. Um, and I'm telling you right now, you play Lotaro against any English team, and you're gonna see how bum he is. But we'll a lot of these guys, they're just not that good. And then Liverpool is not gonna make it out of the the the, the elimination stages, so it really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm not really afraid of any of these guys. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's just how. Nah, I, I don't think we're gonna get Man City onto maybe semi final or something. Yeah, man, we beat them in the final before. So, bro, this is Potter's Chelsea, man. Yeah, this is Potter's Chelsea. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but but still, the the psychological factor is in our side. Don't forget that they beat us three times a season, like ten nil on Adam, bro. I don't. We don't have a chance. (laughs) Man, Champions League is a different. Is a different. But uh, the only reason why I say um, uh, Man City in the Champions League is different is because it's the Champions League, and we know. Exactly. They can't handle the Champions League. We have that's the, the history. Only they don't. We'll get away with it. Yeah, that's the only way we'll get away with that. But, but Pep, man, it's Pep. It's, you guys, you know what? Let's leave it there. It's Pep. Man, Pep, okay. Pep Fraudiola, man. Come on. Pep, what? He, without Messi, he's nothing. Let's let's face it. It's Pep Fraud, Fraudiola. Wait, 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 wait. Without, without Messi, he's nothing. Without Pep, Messi's nothing. Fast. So, it's all right. Um, Messi, nothing. <laughs> No, I'm curious to ask because we were speaking about Mount earlier. Where is Mount as, as, right now? Is he injured or what? He has a groin. Yeah, 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 he's injured. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't think so. He's sure it's not because of the contract rate because he doesn't get injured usually. For long, anyway. He's always No, there. it hasn't been for long. He So, like, he was injured and then he was back in training. But he's back in training, but they're not rushing him because, you know, Felix Mudrick and all these guys are doing their business. So, he doesn't need to play. But exactly. he's there. Did he play Leeds? Did he play against Leeds? I don't remember. He didn't, right? No, and also he was... Remember, the, the reason he didn't play against Dortmund is because he was suspended. Yeah. Remember? So, you see what? Mount is always, like, ready. He's always there. We all know this. 
He hardly missed the game. Uh well, let's see. Let's see what happens next. Let's because he's on the bench anyway. So when he comes, he's still on the bench. So let's see what happens next. Cheers, guys. Cheers for coming. It was a great conversation. I wish we could go on and on. But I'm actually curious because when we look in hindsight in the future, sorry, you know what I mean? In the future, when we come back to this, we'll be like, oh, who did we want? What did Potter do? Da, 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 da. Who do? Where did we finish? I think this would be like a nice season review um, cast to put together. So let's see how it goes. Cheers, guys. Really, it was really good to have you guys. I'm really excited. Thank you for coming. Yeah, so it's a pleasure, man. Yeah, it was nice being back on the podcast after a while. So, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. It'll be good, you know. We're going to win the next 10 games, guys. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. And it was great chatting with you guys. And, yeah, as you guys said, hopefully we next uh, we win the next 10 games or so or beyond. Who knows? <laughs> Don't be a stranger, Ubi. Be around more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Just, uh... Yeah, man. Text me. Text me. Don't worry. Don't worry.